Hello and welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie and today I'm delighted to be joined by three excellent customer experience analysts to discuss some of the latest news from across the space. Yesterday I'm delighted to be joined by Liz Miller, VP and Principal Analyst at Constellation Research, Rebecca Wetterman, a Principal at Valois, and Michael Fawcett, Founder, CEO and Chief Analyst at Arian Research. Uh, thank you all very much uh, for joining me and let's kind of get right into the news, I guess. And, um, Probably the biggest news story uh, from across the past month uh, has been from in the CX space. It's been Varian launching its open CCAS platform. Of course, this is quite an interesting move as it works hand in hand with a lot of CCAS vendors in areas like workforce optimization. But I don't know if anybody had any kind of wants to share their initial uh, thoughts to hearing that news. Um, you know, I, my my statement about it is that uh, integration's hard and anything that makes it easier should make it easier. I don't know. It's an interesting idea anyway, I think. And, and certainly um, um, it, it's something that needs that it's needed in the space because integration and telephony have never particularly been uh, friends, <laughs> I guess we should say. So, I mean, I thought it was an interesting um, idea and I haven't, you know, it'll be interesting to see what, what feedback and what customers say about it. Cause I haven't obviously too new to have that, but. But, but it definitely is a, a, a strong move, I think. Telephony has traditionally been one of the most closed spaces, right? The contact center has been one of those places that's been the hardest to integrate. It's nice to see that we're seeing that swing now where everybody's saying we need to be more open. We need to enable people to integrate. We need to be able to leverage ecosystem partners in a way that's less disruptive and creates less friction for the business. Yep. And I, also, I, I, I find it really interesting as a, if you look at this outside of, wow, Varent partners with a whole lot of people or, you know, like, wow, there's there's already a lot of players in the space. And, and the I think the integration, I mean, everything that Michael and Rebecca said, I couldn't agree with more violently. Um, I think if I look at this offering just in a bubble and just in isolation, what I find really interesting is that this is a so this, you know, their solution is one that really starts at work and then moves into all of the operational systems. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you look at all of the other providers, they've really started at system and kind of moved out to try to accommodate work. And yeah. I think that we've all seen, while that is a really noble pursuit and one that absolutely has to happen, that in and of itself can be really hard, right? Being able to take your telephony system and that contact center, you know, that backbone, and then make it fit and make it work for your agents, for your supervisors, for your leaders, that's a, we've seen it can be in a really awkward expansion and a really awkward transition. And so I, I, I'm going to really interested to see how this rolls out and how everyone gets to play with it and, and, you know, what people start to say, because people who look to Varent as really being that expert in how work in the contact center happens, like literally how work happens are, it's going to be very interesting to see if that kind of people centric core stays or do they shift to how everyone else built their tools where it's like, okay, it's telephony first as opposed to workforce first. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this rolls out. Um, I think that the, um, like the fact that it's, you know, they're like, it's open CCAS. I'm like, okay. They're... <laughs> But yeah, you know, it was one of those moments. Um, like, like that's great because from an IT perspective, you want that you you want a platform that does integrate. You want something that you're not fighting to shove into the rest of your stack. But I mean, I think the the kids over at AWS are probably like, 
<laughs> you know, um, but I, I do think, I do think it's a really, really interesting move. I also think that it's a move that if you're a UCAS solution, right? If you're a, you know, if you're, if you're one of those kids that are like, wait a minute, but we want to be a CCAS too. Like, I think it, I think it, 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 it upends the alphabet soup CAS party a little bit, which I kind of like. I kind of like that it's a little yeah. disruptive. I think there's two things in here too that are <clears throat> kind of underneath it that are important. One, one is the, that, you know, the how, how, communication has shifted. And I, I was just doing some work for one of my clients on consumer communications. And, um, and one of the biggest things that came through is if you offer the channel that the customer prefers, they're like 82% more likely to, to, to stay a customer, which is pretty incredible. Right. And, and unfortunately though, you it's not a predictable answer because customers prefer that they prefer at the time based on risk profile and activity and blah, you know all the other things so you have to be open across all of these channels or you're not going to meet that customer where they want to meet you when they wake up today and want to meet you somewhere else right uh and then the other one i think is uh is the open ai slash you know opening yourself up to multiple large language model generative ai tools because we're gonna you're gonna see them all over the place and certainly from a bot perspective you know we know that's you know a big uh, a big push but there are a lot of solutions out there and and just like salesforce i think being open to all those different uh, engines is a really important thing i think we're going to see a competition of who can be more open yeah <laughs> it's me it's me yeah yeah but ironically open to large language models open to large model ai formats that a lot of organizations if we just if we're if we could just take a moment and just be super honest about what's happening right now, everyone who has built the model, built the connection to the model, like the people within the vendors are like, we've got this. We totally understand how, how we can switch it. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have another, we'll have another model that'll send you to the right model. And it's like, meanwhile, customers are like, uh, what? like, what do I like? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Like, right. you know, and, and they're still trying to figure out how they get started. And so it's great that everyone has this kind of concept of it's going to be open. You could put any AI that you want. You can bring your own model. And they're like, what's a model? Like, you know, so, so there's a bit of a gap, you know, that we have to fix. Yeah, and Liz, Liz brings up a really, really important point, right? It's a really good point, Liz, that were the folks who were traditionally, you know, had contact center on their business card, right? Like thinking about the different channels that they may not even own let alone the different models that are kind of outside of their comfort zone, it's going to be really hard, right? There's a lot of change that has to happen in that mindset yeah. as they think about how do I evaluate systems? How do I deploy? How do I train people? How do I kind of keep this running on an ongoing basis without exposing myself to risk? There's a yes. really steep learning curve there still. And how do I make sure that I am partnered outside of my little fiefdom of contact center? Because as Rebecca has said, it has been this very strange thing has happened over the last, let's say, five years where it's been like, no, no, I own CX. I and I alone am the entirety of CX. And, and like the walls have gotten bigger and they've gotten thicker. And that's really bad. And that's a really bad place to be, especially when you're talking about managing where the customer's channel wants to be. Because yeah. the customer doesn't want to be like, oh, 
oh, so now you're going to do the same thing to me that you used to do on the phone and switch me to a lot of different departments. Now you're going to do that in email. Sweet. Like said no customer ever on the face of the planet. (laughs) They just want it handled. And so if marketing initiated something first, sales initiated something first, do you think anyone in this planet wants to read the line? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't help you in the contact center because you first spoke to marketing in email. Not happening. Yeah. Right. Well, so and, and I, even I think the there's context a lot of that. Too, right? Yeah. 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 The, just just having the context follow the conversation is uh, extremely extremely important. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if you're not open, it's going to just silo like always. So. Yeah. 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 I think there are lots of uh, lots of really great points there, and I think it's particularly fascinating as, as kind of all of you touched upon how just the swelling of these sex funds into different spaces does impact the end customer, I guess, because that is what matters at the, at the end of the day. So it's lots of food for thought uh, in there. I kind of want to switch good lanes now because I think we've covered that uh, very thoroughly um, and just talk a little bit about um, Genesis, one of Genesis, Genesis's uh, latest innovations. I always struggle with that, uh, with that <laughs> plural. Um, and that is the uh, customer experience uh, index. Um, this is kind of Genesis' challenge on traditionals, uh, customer experience measurement. We all know the kind of problems companies face with NPS and benchmarking now, particularly. Um, I think, Rebecca, I know you covered, uh, you've covered covered this um, a fair bit. Do you maybe want to kind of set the scene a little bit for us? <laughs> sure. So, so I think it's important to distinguish between what Genesis recently announced from its broader kind of experience index, which is still a work in progress, right? The idea that I'm going to be able to measure things in an important way beyond sort of the traditional limited measure of NPS. The experience index piece that we saw them launch is is one piece of that. And it's really interesting because it's really about uh, getting the agent experience right, right? So based on a deep understanding of what agents evaluate when they look at their overall experience in the content center and a bunch of benchmarking research. Now I can say, what are the things that I can change about my agent experience to ultimately create a better customer experience, better agent engagement and better customer engagement. So I think it's important to point out that what they have as an offering today is the agent piece, not the broader kind of measurement, but it's a hint at what they're heading toward, which is everybody knows that MPS doesn't work very well. And everybody knows that surveys stink, right? When we're talking about customers customer experience. So how do I bring the technology, bring the ability to measure and understanding when I can figure out tone, when I can understand sentiment, when I can bring all those things into the model to have a fuller real-time picture of the actual customer experience, not what somebody who decided to tell me about it told me. <laughs> in, in that report that they produced a month after the interaction, though, now I don't actually remember. Yeah, I I love the individualized piece of it. I think that's really important from an agent perspective, just being able to, to understand what you do impacts directly and here's how and see that. I, I think that's really powerful. Yeah. And time real time data to it too. So yeah. it's not you know, yeah. what it tells me, but what I'm actually seeing happen. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think that from the reality here is, is that I think we've all seen multiple studies and multiple points of research on, consu- on the consumer side of the research angle of saying, okay, what do you hate about experience and rude agent, um, you know, getting not the agent, not having all the information, it, it, it tends to really focus that feedback tends to really focus on mm-hmm. what turns out 
is employee experience, right? Is it's not the agent's fault if the agent doesn't have all of that information about the customer in front of them. Yeah. It's the system's fault, right? It's it's the process fault. It's the workflow's fault. And so I think that a lot of the things that they're looking to measure and have those concrete metrics about are really going to help inform also, I think, the strategy of how we roll out these systems and how a Genesis customer is going to look at, okay, what are some of those processes that maybe we haven't rolled out correctly? Yeah. I think there's a big gap in today's market between how we roll out old process onto next to new to new technology and this kind of picture of nirvana that all of the vendors really love to show us, which we know to be true. Like, and I think the three of us all know, like we all look at these new rollouts and the new platform rollouts or even new, new analytics rollouts. And we're like, yeah, that, that is how you should be doing it. And then you look at the company and you're like, oh, so you just took all the old things that you used to do badly and you shoved it into an automated workflow. So it's bad faster, like awesome. So I, I think that a lot of these types of measures, and I think a lot of these indexes, and I think Genesis is really moving in a smart direction here, right? Which because it's about measuring and pinpointing and identifying the things that are most important to both the customer and to the employee, and almost giving that alert, like it's that wake up call to the organization to say, hey, the strategy might be wrong here. And I think it's I think that's going to be the biggest challenge because if we're also honest. That's also the biggest challenge with NPS, right? If, if we really want to break down what the problem with NPS is, the problem isn't asking someone, would you recommend this? It's actually putting the systems and the processes and the programs in place that take your existing score and intentionally do things to move it, right? So if, if right. we just have an index, great, we've identified these problems. But I think that both Genesis and customers are going to have to find those best practices so that they put intentional steps in place to make sure that that index score over time continues to improve, even with all the churn that's going to happen behind it, right? So I, I think that that becomes my hope is that they also, you know, kind of take a little page from folks like, you know, a Salesforce where community becomes really important. Let's pull those best practices in and let's give that to our people so that the CX index continues to not just be a benchmark, but also becomes a roadmap to how do other people improve it. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the the idea and I, I talked about this a bit in just like predictions for this year and going forward that we're going to see real-time data all over the place now. And that's a huge advantage when you're talking about um, cost behavior. The more I can understand in the moment, the more I can tailor the experience so that I do actually, you know, respond to the, not just what's said, but the behavior around it. I think that's really, uh, really powerful in this. And that's, that's definitely one of the things that I think you'll see across a, a lot of different uh, CRM and CX solutions this year. Yeah. Yeah. Again, lots of really good stuff there. And I, I really love what I really love about this too, is the fact that it's, it's pinpointing the outcomes for the customer agent and the business, not kind of prioritizing one or any. So a business can always see how its actions affect one of those three critical um, stakeholders. Right. And then, and then of course, as well as, as to the point that um, you've all mentioned really the fact that NPS, <laughs> how you, how you see people manipulate that and how you can instead have a, have a, um, have a set, set in stone. Well, it's not going to be as close yeah. as you can get. Um, to that, I think is particularly positive. Will it ever be able to challenge something like the NPS and CSAT? I'm not sure, but I think it's I think it's a, a move in the right direction, perhaps. 
Um, yeah, but I think I think that's uh, that's great. I think those are the two uh, two biggest pieces um, of news and lots of really great insights um, there. So I'd like to thank uh, thank all three uh, of our excellent analysts uh, for joining me today, and thank everybody for watching as well. Bye for now. Thanks.